0: Hey guys, and welcome back to Leadership on Purpose. I am Blake Bozarth, and this is the show that's designed to help you grow your influence and lead with confidence and with humility. Today's episode is about staying lean. And we're not talking about your waistline. We're talking about your company. We're talking about your organization and how we as leaders should value staying lean as we grow. And today's guest is Drew Cook. He is the CFO at Pact. And if you haven't heard of Pact yet, they're a really cool company out of Boulder, Colorado, high growth clothing company, and they're obsessed with sustainability. They're doing some really cool things in the space. you want to check them out. And Drew's sharing how they have intentionally stayed lean even as they've grown, and how that's not only helped them with the budget, but it's actually helped them with better business outcomes, better results, because they've made better decisions. They've had a more cohesive team that's worked better together, more efficient and effective. And that's why we as leaders should should care about it. You're going to get some great insights out of this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. All right. Super excited to have Drew Cook on the show today. Drew, welcome to Leadership on Purpose.
1: Thanks, Blake. I'm excited to be here.
0: Great to have you. So before we jump into our main topic today, I want you to tell us a little bit about you, your career story. How did you get to what you're doing today?
1: Absolutely. So I started out with a pretty traditional finance background. I did investment banking in New York um, from 2008 to 2010. It was Uh, definitely a fascinating time to be in New York and in the finance world with the uh, global financial crisis. Um, Quickly decided that being on the advisory side was not necessarily what I wanted to do. So um, I moved to a small music company called Evergreen Copyrights and um, ultimately helped sell that business um, after a pretty short tenure there. Um, We sold it to uh, a larger strategic player and then decided that instead of moving to London, I was going to take on a new opportunity. And so I moved to Chicago where I was in the strategy and development group at the Chicago Cubs, um, it had always been a dream of mine to be in the sports industry. That's um, And it was um, it was a fascinating time to be there. There was um, new ownership that was uh, investing a lot in the organization, and um, and it was it was just a really fun time to see something um, an organization that had been around so long being kind of rethought and rebuilt a little bit. Um, and I spent a couple of years there, and then I went back to school to get my MBA at Kellogg. Um, had a great experience there. I got to meet a lot of really smart, fun people. Um, And that's kind of the time when um, I had a little bit of a a career change in terms of moving into the consumer industry. And um, Kellogg's really known for um, brand and being strong on marketing. And so it was a good opportunity for me to round out um, some strong background in finance with some, um, what I consider a little bit softer skills with marketing and brand. Um, and from there, I decided to go um, work at my current company, which is PACT. Um, we're an organic cotton uh, apparel and home goods business. And I've been there for almost seven years. i seen a lot of growth. Uh, my role is the, the head of finance and operations. Um, we're a small lean team. And so I also get um, a lot of the fun stuff that, that nobody else wants, like HR and legal um, and <laughs> compliance. So Um, I get to see a lot of different aspects of the business, which is a ton of fun and uh, the business has been growing. So it's an exciting place to be.
0: That's cool. So one of the interns on our team made this connect happen because Tenzin, and she's amazing. She made this happen because she is passionate about the apparel industry and has looked up to your brand because of the way you guys do it in such a high integrity way. So Super, super excited to have you on. And you mentioned lean team. That's what we're talking about today. And I think it's a really, really cool topic for leaders to explore. And you have a cool point of view on it. But we're talking about staying lean as you grow and actually staying lean fueling growth and how that happens. But to tee it up, you know, it, you, you see it all the time when business is good, when your cash position is strong, whether it's um, you're, you're a funded company, a VC company or not a lot of leaders get a lot looser with the purse strings and they start spending, they just start spending more to kind of fund a future growth. What do you have to say about that? And what is your kind of unique point of view when it comes to being lean?
1: Yeah, I'll be the first to say, I don't judge other business leaders for kind of how they choose to run their business and how they grow. And um, I absolutely don't think that my perspective is hundred percent right, but it feels like, um, like our business has been able to achieve some really strong growth and, and good results while also keeping the team relatively lean. Um, the, re- the reason I value that, especially at our stage of business, is that it really feels like um, we can do a lot more with, with kind of more well-rounded people who take on more. And so for us, a key piece of our hiring is looking for people who are Um, who are kind of what we call their their players, and they'll get in and they have a skill set, whether it's um, an analytical mindset or they're great at project management, where that skill set can be leveraged across multiple functions or or different kind of aspects of the business. So we really don't like to silo people into very specific niches because then you um, you just have this kind of separation of the organization versus having people that have strong skill sets that can leverage those skill sets in multiple areas. And so... For us, we found that um, that we can do more with fewer people um, if you get the right people in the right seats. And I think there is a huge cultural benefit to having um, a smaller team where everybody feels buy-in because ultimately we're trying to go, our business specifically is trying to go change the apparel business. Uh, we're trying to make people think about what they're putting on their bodies and how it's made. And so we want people that are really bought in and believe in the mission. And I think giving them more ownership and understanding of other aspects of the business really helps do that.
0: That's, that's so good because that's what I was struck by with the way you talk about this is that it's not just about the finances. It's not just about reducing cost. It's actually about producing better business outcomes and results because you're a lean team and it's, and it's enabled by that. So tell, tell me more, like, cause I, I love that. It's almost like a, a, I feel like what you're teeing up is it's like a prerequisite. That in order for this to work, you have to have the right kind of talent. Tell me more about how do you look at identifying talent and developing talent that uh, fits this culture.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we've 100% nailed our hiring process in every uh, in every case, but. Um, you know, over the past seven years, I think we've learned a lot about what to look for. And I think the first thing you want to look for is somebody who's scrappy, somebody who wants Mm -hmm. to get in and wants to take on new things. Um, If you throw a project at them, they say yes, and they go try to figure it out, even if they may not have done it before. Um, And that doesn't necessarily mean always being a yes person. I think you want people that also can can talk about kind of their boundaries in terms of capacity and things like that, because you don't want to stretch people too thin or else I don't think you get the, the quality output with each individual project. Um, but I would say scrappy is number one. And then number two is having some type of skill set that's leverageable. Um, and so for me, kind of in the areas I sit, I'm, I'm, not, you know, I'm not great on the brand, the, um, the kind of softer sides of the business that, that require a little bit more more feel. And so within my side of the organization, I really look for people that have an analytical skill set. Um, and so people that can take a mindset in terms of data and apply that across various aspects of the business. Um, and so I think on the marketing side, you might look at somebody different, somebody that understands how to tell a story. Because if you can tell a story, you can probably go do copywriting well. You can probably figure out how to make a story come through imagery. You can figure out what type of um, ads will be effective. And so you know, I think it's different for kind of various sides of the business. But ultimately, you look for skills that are leverageable.
0: That's good. Um, And you spent some time in the baseball world. And I think that the the, the term they use for it is utility player. And just knowing that you have a well rounded player that can do a lot of different things. And I love the term scrappy. I, I, I think one of the and we've done a couple of different episodes focusing on ownership mentality. But one of the biggest things to look for in talent and then as a young leader so talking to young leaders who listen to this show is when you demonstrate that scrappiness we also you could think of it in terms of initiative being proactive um, really taking an ownership mindset to your work and welcoming and pursuing even new challenges new opportunities and it sounds like as a lean team you guys have plenty of them to go around
1: (laughs) yeah that's right and i think the way i kind of think about it is we don't hire people just to manage right everybody that's in the organization is doing tactical and strategic things they're not just telling other people what to do and so i mean that goes all the way up all the way up our team our ceo is dictating a lot of our facebook bid strategy for our ads Um, i spend time working on SKU creation and managing our warehouse day to day so i think part of that is stride trying to stay lean. And, and I'll admit as a finance guy, I don't, I don't mind the, the financial benefit of having fewer people on the team, but I also think you make better decisions when you're not always one step removed from the execution. Um, and so mm. we don't hire anybody just to manage. We try to hire people who are good managers, but they also have to be able to get stuff done on their own.
0: That is a quotable. You make better decisions when you're not one step away from the execution. So good. Um, so tell me more about like as as you're growing, which PACT is, how are you, um, as you grow, creatively solving new challenges without adding new cost or without significantly creating costs? What kind of any practical tips or examples for what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think step one is, as I mentioned, the hiring, but then um, another key piece, and we feel very fortunate on this front, is uh, is technology that enable people to do more. And yeah. so... Um, we've got a developer named TJ, who is an absolute rock star. Um, he is a very unique combination. And we, have, we call him a unicorn because he really is. And he's, I th- we think he's hard to find where he's got a unique combination of, um, of very distinct technical skills, but he also understands the impact of that on the business. And so he can sit with pretty much any team or any person on our team and talk to them and try to figure out a way to help them do more. And so do more with less. And so we use technology as a huge enabling function to help our team, um, again, get leverage on, on the number of people we have or, or the financial resources that we have. And so we think about leverage a lot. So how do you make the most out of what you have? And I think that technology specifically in kind of a digital type startup is a huge enabling function that can help magnify the return you get on every dollar you spend, whether that's in personnel or, or some other piece of the business.
0: That's, that's so good. Um, So the right people, the right technology, if somebody's trying to follow this advice and they're saying, yes, I'm growing, um, I I hear what Drew's saying and that it's not just about, yeah, I want to put more to the bottom line, but not adding new costs, but I can actually generate better results, have a more tight knit culture without adding new expense or new headcount unnecessarily. So if they're trying to follow this advice, what, how could they mess it up? Like, how, 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 how could this go wrong? What, what do you need to look out for? When do you know that, hey, it's actually the right time to add additional headcount or to invest in this new resource, whatever it is? Any tips on that?
1: Yeah, I think you have to, again, this is about bringing the right people and you have to listen to your people. And, you know, you have to make the environment so that when they're reaching their capacity and it's going to start impacting their ability to drive things forward in, in a way that's efficient and best for the business, they feel comfortable raising their hand and saying, I need help. You know, we need somebody and this is what they want to do. And so to me, like that, that all again goes in the culture. And if you're not, if you're not hiring for hiring's sake, it makes it a lot easier to justify those decisions when you do need it. And so, you know, if somebody on my team comes to me and says, Hey, these are the things I'm working on. I feel like there's an opportunity for us to go do this, but I just don't have the capacity. Here's where I need help. That is like a very compelling reason to go hire a new person. You know, this is what it's going to do for the business. This is the other things that I'm working on. This is how I'm going to manage it. That to me is like, fine. Like yes, if I trust you, like no brainer, like, you know, it's going to drive growth. This is why it's going to be impactful. Let's do it. And so to me, it's about, again, it's about getting the right people in the right seats. And that's not just about their ability to get work done, but their ability to be honest, with the rest of the team about kind of their capacity, their ability to execute their job and when they need help.
0: That's really good. And I'll, I'll add to that, that as leaders, you have to be intentional for a pulse on that. So it's as, as, as individuals and as, as emerging leaders, you need to be having those conversations proactively. So when you feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm somebody who wants to take on a lot, give me every opportunity, but I'm reaching capacity. You have to be able to have that kind of trade-off discussion with your manager. With your leadership, be very transparent about it, and but as leaders, we also need to make sure we're checking in and we're and we're saying, hey, it seems like you have a lot on your plate. Um, we're looking for quality of work and making sure that that's not that that's not getting sacrificed, but also just for the overall kind of health of our people and avoiding burnout. That we are that we have that sort of pulse. So um, I love that dynamic. So. Uh, This is, I think a really helpful, helpful construct to think about as, as a company grows, staying lean is not just about the bottom line. It's also, or not just about saving money. It's also about how you can produce better business results by staying lean. So good. I want to ask you a few standard questions though, before we let you go today, Drew. So one of those is our patented question. What is your why? What is it that drives or motivates you?
1: Yeah, It's interesting because I um, I started out in a very different industry or kind of field um, doing investment banking versus working for a sustainable apparel <laughs> business. And I think um, as you go through, you kind of, you start to learn what matters to you as you're in different jobs that that may not check every box for you. And so for me, um, I think it's making an impact. And um, I, I think we are working in an industry that's huge and, and broken in the apparel business. And to me, um, I am now mostly motivated by the fact that we have an opportunity to go change that, and I can be a part of that. Um, and so it's it's a little bit about leaving a mark on on something and leaving things better than they are. And I think um, apparel is a is a place that has a lot of room for improvement. I'm really proud to be working on a business that's that's taking on some of the biggest challenges.
0: That's cool. Yeah, the the higher purpose of of your all's company really shines through. What is one way that you've grown as a leader since you started in your career, if you had to choose one way? So I think I used to view leadership as
1: management and I don't view that anymore. Um, and so for me, I think I've really learned that being a leader doesn't mean that you get to avoid getting your hands dirty. And so, you know, kind of the idea of servant leadership and um, and being in the trenches with your team. And so I think for me, I have... Um, I feel like I've started to grow out of um, some of the pride associated with thinking that you don't have to do certain tasks when you're a leader. And so Mm -hmm. I oftentimes think that leaders should be the hardest working people in the organization. They should be the ones that are putting in the longest hours. And so um, I think that's probably an evolution of thought about leadership that I've had as I've grown in my career.
0: That's, that's really good. That's a great takeaway from the show. The more senior you are, the more you may have a tendency to want to withdraw from, from the work, but I, I love I love your heart for that. So here's another question that I wanna ask you that I wanna make a more standard question in the future as well. What's a smart risk? I know you've had a lot of different career decisions, but what's a smart risk that you've taken in your own career?
1: I'll try to keep this quick, but there's a little bit of a story behind it. And so when I was leaving business school, I had two different job opportunities in front of me. One was with PACT, and one was with a, um, I would say more mature established business. Um, and it just happened that the more mature established business, the guy who had founded that business 30 years ago was actually an, an investor in PACT. And so he had some really unique perspective. And so um, Brendan, our, the CEO at PACT, encouraged me to call him and talk to him about the decision and say, hey, you're an investor in one business. You founded and, and kind of own this business. How do you think about it? And um, he said that I would be making a mistake to do anything but go to PACT. Because it's earlier stage, it gave me an opportunity to work with Um, Brendan, who's kind of a really smart, successful entrepreneur. Um, and it would be a better growth opportunity for me personally to go into a business at that stage and try to build it versus going into a a business that was more established, um, and probably a little bit more comfortable and and safe. And so that's a risk that I look back on every day. And I'm grateful that I had that type of honest counsel to, to help make the right decision.
0: Love that story. That's so good. If you could sit down and have lunch with any leader, past or present, which leader would that be?
1: Um, Michael Jordan and this is for two reasons um, I went to uh, North Carolina so I've been a, a big Jordan fan I didn't my know that. I did yep I'm a, I'm a Tar Heel and so um, I've always loved Michael Jordan um, and then I think his uh, his tenacity and his heart are something that are uh, admirable and I think they you know it cuts both ways in terms of how that that impacts other people but I just think it'd be a fascinating conversation to hear about uh, his, his life and his career and kind of how that's translated beyond the basketball court.
0: I'm a huge Kentucky fan. So I won't hold hold the North Carolina fandom (laughs) against you, but also a big Michael Jordan fan as well. Um, last question for you is, do you have a personal BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal that you're going after right now?
1: You know, I, um, when I think about this, like this has also evolved as I've grown. And this is when I think about my personal life, I now have three kids and, Um, one of the best things about um, what has been an otherwise challenging past year with COVID is that I've gotten to spend a lot more time with them. Mm -hmm. And it's made me like one of my goals now is um, about kind of the amount of time I spend. And so for, for me, it's, it's, um, I've really kind of shifted my focus. And like, I, one thing I've thought about is like, unless I'm traveling, which will come up, I never want to miss a game, a recital, a performance, um, things like that. For me, I think, um, you know, I, Things are going well professionally. I'm excited about my career, but I've really been able to to see the value of some of the personal balance that I've been able to have over the past year.
0: Perspective. That's so good. I actually have a monthly goes goals as well of uh, spending time with the kids. I wanna. I realized I have two of them now, but I want to spend individual one-on-one time. So, I've been um I've been setting those goals myself as well. Love that. How could our audience find you, Drew, on LinkedIn, Twitter? LinkedIn
1: is probably the best place. I've Since the um, election, I've tried to remove myself from most other social media. So LinkedIn is probably the safest place to find me um, <laughs> right now. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and I would be happy to connect.
0: Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for being on. Thanks for bringing the insights today. Look forward to connecting more in the future. Thanks a lot, Blake. I really appreciate it. What would it mean for your organization if your leaders became significantly more effective? At Cothrive, we help good leaders transform into exceptional leaders, and we do it in a way that builds camaraderie and deeper connection to your company for a fraction of the cost of less effective alternatives. If you're interested in learning more, find me on LinkedIn and just shoot me a message. As always, guys, keep leading on purpose.